Angel. You're watching or and or listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Dude, I'm like fucking Oprah. He needed no help. <laughs> Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So it's time. So fucking get the wax out of your fucking ears. That's right. We say fuck a lot. Right here on the Rock and Metal Combat fucking podcast. Hey, hey, hey. It's Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat with another exciting episode of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. And as you hear that cracked beer, you know who's here. That all rhymes. I'm talking about the Ayatollah of Akahala, Ian Wadley. How you doing there, Ian? Uh, I'm not as drunk as I want to be, but I'm working on it. All right, that's cool, man. Don't worry. Just keep drinking real fast, you know? You'll get there. You know, we, I will. You know we ramble, and I got a lot to ramble about this week. But before I will go into my little ramble, uh, I want to say that um, uh, Ian and I have a close... Uh, a friend that we don't know what he looks like. He's always in a trench coat. Always wearing a cap. One of those fucking fedoras. We don't know what he looks like, but he somehow gets uh, CDs before they come out and he sends it to us. Now we get to listen to it now. I don't know about Ian there, but I know if I like it, I'll buy it. If I don't, I'll put it in my recycle bin. I happen to know, I happen to know the, our, our, uh, the guy that steals these things with the fedora. He never buys it. Total scumbag. But hey, who cares? Anyway, um, he actually got me a copy of Thrasher Die CD before I got it. That's how good he is. Uh, he's real good. No, he's awesome. Anyway, so, okay. Uh, another thing we're going to talk about is, uh, I don't know about you, Ian, but I'm I'm a borderline geek for Star Wars. I'm not really as bad as some of the people I know, but yeah, I, I own all the... All the Blu-rays, including the the three crappy ones that came out last, and of course I'm a, f- I'm a bigger fan of the, the early ones, especially Empire Strikes Back. I even have a problem with Return of the Jedi, to tell you the truth. I, I didn't like the Ewoks, man. I'm sure you did, because you were a little kid and you got sucked up into that shit, right? You're yeah, an Ewoks no, fan, well, aren't you? <clears throat> no, man, and you know, I've been playing with my lightsaber since I can remember you know, I mean, Star Wars always been a part of my life. Um, you know, but and, and yeah, you know, Jedi wasn't that good. You know, and yeah, the, no, it was. I thought, I thought, like you know, with the Java scenes and all that shit, that shit was awesome. And you know, the, the yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it was good, but coming after fucking Empire, no, 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 come no. at me with some fucking teddy bears and goddamn care bears, and, I mean, and let's on. not let's not forget, New Hope kicked ass. You know, a lot uh, of people. A lot of people don't. You know, they always. You know, yeah, yeah. New Hope's good, but man, Empire's right. No, no. New Hope was awesome, but yeah, I liked Empire more. Yeah, I, I mean, New Hope was. You know, it was groundbreaking. You know, it was. Uh, if you weren't around when New Hope came out, you can't. I don't think you can appreciate the impact. Uh, but amazing movie. But I mean, Empire's just Empire. You know, and. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I'm not as down on the prequels as most people. Yeah, Phantom Menace fucking sucked. 
I love the other two. You know, people are like, oh, the dialogue, the acting. You know, but I mean, you know, they're they're action movies. You know, and I thought the I thought the other two prequels were good. That's just me, though. They, they were, but I mean, they were. I mean, well, I didn't like them as much as you. I thought they were all right, but man, compared to the what you know, the bar that you know. Let me put it this way: Do you think the prequels were the last two prequels were better than Return of the Jedi? Oh, hmm. See, I'm not a big Jedi fan. Uh, I'm not the so biggest I, Jedi fan I, either. I, I, I would say at least on par. I really, really enjoyed, uh, what is it, uh, Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith. I really enjoyed them. I mean, yeah, I didn't like the ending. You know, no! You know, yeah, yeah, that was fucking goofy. But, uh, man, I I enjoyed the fucking piss out of them. You know, I, I really did. To me, the you highlight know? of those movies was when Yoda came out with a lightsaber and was flying around the room. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was awesome. But yeah, I mean, I didn't hate them either. I mean, yes, like the rest of the world, Jar Jar Binks did fucking annoy the hell out of me. But so did the Ewoks, so I don't know. A lot of people that, you know, everybody bashes like Jar Jar Binks, but there's not enough Ewok bashing, if you ask me. Well, you know, the the thing with Jar Jar Binks, you know, it goes Ferguson. It's all racism because Jar Jar Binks is black. He's a a reggae, right? Uh, Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamaican me crazy. Terrible. Exactly. Well, but uh, it was terrible. The big thing now is, you know, the the new trailer has come out. And a couple days earlier, the fan trailer was leaked, which I think was far more entertaining. Yes, I agree. Than what I saw today. I I will tell you this. I agree with you. I do agree. But there's one thing about the real trailer that, man, almost made me cry, man, was when I saw the Millennium Falcon. Like, flying around, I was like, wow, man, that took me back, man. You know, because I missed that, you know? And I, I wasn't expecting that Falcon to be flying around, what, 30 years later after what happened on Jedi? You think you figure that would have been in a junkyard by now. But for some reason, it's flying around, which hopefully Han Solo is flying it, you know? I'm never disappointed because I keep my expectations low. And, and that includes everything in life. You know, I always find that best, you know, don't have expectations. And, and you won't be disappointed, you know? So just, uh, you know, expect the worst, and, you know, if, if you like it, great, you know? That, that's my Star Wars fucking speech. Yeah, all right, enough of the non-music stuff. Now let's get into the music stuff and uh, with, like, current events and stuff. And uh, this week's been a very, very weird week for Megadeth, but let me tell you this. If anybody out there that's heard the Motorboat Show... And you heard what I had to say about the stuff I heard about Megadeth? Kind of makes sense what's happening now, doesn't it? Huh? Oh, dude, I couldn't believe that. When I, when I, shit, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, Meg, you like, you know, the old Johnny Carson where he holds the envelope yeah, up yeah, to the yeah. fucking Karnak. head. Yeah, 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 Karnak. Yeah, Karnak, the improbable. You were calling this shit uh, months ago. Months ago, you know, and there might have been some people listening to it like, <laughs> eh, yeah, what, what's he know? The fuck knows all. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, Hey, not only do we have, like, mysterious figures that give us, you know, leaked albums, we find leak info on what's going on with all kinds of bands. So, yeah. You want the 411, you got to come to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. You come to Rock and Metal Combat, and we will give you the future. That's right. So, those that didn't hear the Motorboat Show, go back and listen to it. Listen to what I have to say, and it kind of makes sense because everything's happening. 
First the Drover brother, the uh, the drummer leaves. Then the same night, Broadwick leaves, and Broadwick was on the on on the boat, actually. Right. And he and, was uh, super cool too. And like I said, you you called this. I tell our fans if you haven't listened, go back now. This ain't no George Lucas re-edit shit. This is the original. You go back and listen. Fucking Doctor Fuck called this shit a month ago. Yep, oh, a month look, ago. And look, yeah, over a month ago because that show was backlogged. We recorded right. the show and we put it out like what three weeks later or something. Yeah, pretty and much. It, and it's been online for like three weeks. So literally, I said this like close to two months ago. Yeah. So. uh yeah, which was funny because somebody brought that to my attention. And I said, oh, really? I talked about that on the podcast? I didn't even remember talking about it. But then nope. I went back and listened to it. And I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> the best part is when you say the whole thing, you're like, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't have released that information. I'm going to edit that out. But we never edited it out. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I forgot to edit that out. I was supposed to. Yeah, I think That's I messed awesome. up there. But, hey, you know, good for the show. So listen to us. We got the info. Before other people get it. And, you know, and this, I mean, this is, brand, this just fucking happened. This is hot off the press. Exactly. I just quit Megadeth. That's right. I heard about yeah. that. Yeah. I heard about I, that on uh, Brave Words. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't formally asked to join, but I quit regardless. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it's a sinking fucking ship. But, uh, you know, they, they called me up. They said, hey, you know. You know, you, you want to play the fucking uh, the kazoo. I'm like, can we do the conjuring? They're like, no. I'm like, fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. They, they want me to play fucking Trust. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I ain't playing Trust on the fucking kazoo. That song sucks. So so you were you were asked to join for your kazoo playing. Well, asked is kind of stretching it. But uh, like I said, fuck it. I quit anyway. You know? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. I heard uh, Peter Chris is their new drummer. Yes, yes. Yeah. Kiss of Death. And uh, <laughs> Ace is their new guitar player. Yes, uh, Peter Chris did join Megadeth, but the weird thing is he's wearing Eric Carr's makeup. That's wild. I, I know, yeah, right? Yeah, that is, that is wild. That is wild. But, uh, you know, hey, you got to do what you got to do in metal these days. Anyway, so, okay. Oh, and also in Ace Freely News, I don't know if you've seen it, but he's finally playing shows uh, for the... Uh, Space Invader album and uh, I've seen some clips and boy it's really good I don't know if you've seen it but Ace is kicking ass man oh yeah uh, I watched a lot of the clips and uh, man gr- great band I love the songs that he's pulling out yeah. I think it's neat, it's neat he's uh, you know having the other members sing you know other songs and you know he admits he goes hey I can't even though his voice sounds better today than Paul Stanley's he says, hey, I can't sing a full fucking set. Plus, you know, his his voice is what it is, you know? And it, it's great that he's got some other guys that can sing well and do stuff like Strange Ways and King of the Nighttime in the world. And I think he's he has just as much right to play those songs as fucking Scab Kiss does. I, I mean, you know, he was involved in them, and he's doing great. I, I, I love it. I wish it was a bigger tour. I wish I'd get to see it, but of course, he ain't fucking coming to New Orleans, but... uh. Well, you never yeah. know. He might add dates. I mean, I understand uh, most or all shows are sellouts. So there is a demand. So, you know, he right. might be coming our way. You know, I hope so. Never, never know. I was never. blown away that the opening song was Lost in Limbo, which I always thought was one of those 
deep tracks that nobody like really talked about. And I always loved Lost in Limbo. When I saw he opened the show with that, I was like, wow. Now that's a fucking, that, that's a, a double take. I'm sure people that were at that show were like, really? This song? Oh, oh I, I like it too. Because, I mean, I still think Trouble Walking uh, is probably as strong as Solo Up. Overall, I mean, if you add all the tracks up, I think Trouble Walking is probably his most solid. So anything played off that I think is great for the fans. Yeah, it was great. All right, so uh, we're done with the... We, we have nothing else to say about like any more... Well, okay, one more thing I want to say. Like As I predicted, every every episode, I should give you guys the future. Like, I gave you the future on, on uh, the motorboat. So here I'm giving you the future, and you will see, once it comes out, you will see I'm right. The next Iron Maiden album is going to suck. Oh, that's fucked up. Okay, so now, let me get my notes here. I just got this album two days ago, and I I kid you not, I've listened to it a total of eight times in two days. And I listened to it twice today. I listened to it twice today. I love the new ACDC. I'm not one to, like, let me tell you something. I've never really been so crazy about a full ACDC album. Since Flick of the Switch. Yes. Uh, Flying the Wall had its moments. Uh, I even liked Blow Up Your Video. I did not like Razor's Edge. I know a lot of people like that one. Wasn't a fan of that one. Except for Fire Your Guns. I didn't like that album. Uh, the break, Ball Breakers. Same thing. I mean, yeah, it's moments. But no, I didn't like it. The last two were like, whatever. Stiff Upper Lip and uh, uh, Black Ice. I mean, they were okay, Black. but... Mm. They had, you know, each of them had songs I liked. But this new one, holy crap. It was like one song after the other after the other were all fucking great. With the exception of two. There are two songs I did not like off this album, which is a damn good fucking run. For a band that's been around for over 40 years. And what's even more impressive, and maybe, and I hate to say this, because it'll sound bad because I am a huge, huge fan of Malcolm Young. And Malcolm Young was the man that brought up most of the riffs to ACDC albums. And as I understand, he didn't have nothing to do with this one because of, you know, his condition now. Uh, I was blown away. The riffs on this album, the, the songs, the structures. I'll get into each song one by one. But I can tell you the one thing that really impressed me about this album is Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson's voice sounds great. It's it's clearer now. It's not as you know rusty as it's been for so long. You know, he sounds like you know I don't know like a like he's being tortured and you know I I, I always thought you know man this guy's voice is getting worse and worse and boy on this album he sounds great. I don't know what he did, but it's clear. His voice is clear. And I was just very impressed by uh, Brian Johnson. Uh, Ian, is uh, that Phil Rudd on this album? Yes, it is Phil Rudd. Okay, Phil Rudd. Fucking kicking ass. Great shit, man. What? As an overall, we'll get into the songs one by one, but man, this is the best album they've done since Flick of the Switch, in my opinion. How about, what do you think, Ian? Um, 
I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say yet. Maybe we'll go uh, track through track. All right, then but, give but, us but, your but, opinion but, but, at the end of the letter. Let, let, I, will, I will say this. My opinion has changed over the times of listening to this. So let's let's find out if it's for the better or for the worse. All right. So uh, why don't you start it out with the title track, which is Rocker Bust. Rocker Bust. Now this one, again, I love I love this song. I will say they do borrow uh, the riff from Nervous Breakdown from Flick of the Switch, which, hey man, if you're going to borrow an old riff, recycle an old riff, Nervous Breakdown is a damn good song. So I just love this song. I think it's a killer lyrics. It kicks ass. It's a song that's pretty much about ACDC. You know, it's like, uh, what does it say? What is it? I forgot what he says in the... In Rock We Trust, it's Rock or Bus or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that, man. It's, it's simple. It's to the point. And Brian Johnson just sounds killer. Killer on this song. I love Rock or Bus. You? Uh, not only do I love it, it's my favorite track on the album. Ah, not mine. Uh, uh, I, I, I think it's great. It does. It, it sums up ACDC. And when I first heard this, the sound, I was like, man, good. This doesn't sound like, you know, ACDC in 2014. This just sounds like ACDC across the board. Sounds like this could have came out at any time in the Brian Johnson era. I think that's really, really important. Uh, you know, keep that sound. Don't try to be modern. Don't try to do this. Just be ACDC. And this song does that perfectly. Uh, just a fun, fun, fun rocker that leads right into Play Ball, which was uh, the first single on the album. Uh, this one did not grab me at first. I was like, uh, you know, I, I still have to go back and listen to the Black Ice album because I heard that I think it was Rock and Roll Train or some shit like that. And I thought it was kind of horrible, so it made me put off the whole fucking album. Uh, but this is, uh, I don't know, to me, Play Ball's uh, pretty fucking generic. Uh, yeah, I like it a little bit more than I did at first, but not enough to say, ooh, yeah, that's that's a single. I, I would have rather seen Rock or Bust as the first single because uh, I think Play Ball's kind of generic. What do you think? Uh, I love Play Ball. I hate the video. Did you see the video for it? Yeah. It's yeah. horrendous. It's like one of the most annoying, weirdest videos I've ever seen in my life. It's like, what were they thinking with this stupid video and the... The little effects in the background. It was just horrendous. What a shitty video. And, I mean, very, very cheap. Very cheap. Yeah, prints. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like pretty much the richest band in the world. ACDC sold more than, I think, every rock band ever. Right? right. Am I right? Uh, well, I mean... I think uh, they sold even more than the Beatles. Ooh, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I know Back in Black is the number three best-selling album of all time. Well, is Beatles uh, two or one? No, uh, two and one. Michael often, Jackson. Uh, it often goes back and forth between Michael Jackson and Eagles' Greatest Hits, Volume One. Yeah, which is uh, weird. That one. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, right underneath that's uh, you know, <coughs> Back in Black. But uh, well, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a shitty video. Yeah, <laughs> ho- horrible video. But I love the song, and what I really love about this song is that little riff. That Angus does where he goes It's it's a little different. It sounds total Angus Young. 
But for a, for him to throw a riff kind of like that in the middle of a song, it, I don't know. And I find it extremely catchy. Yes, I heard this song, uh, I don't know, like a month ago. And I remember the first time I heard it, my first impression was, wow, Brian Johnson sounds awesome. Uh, I had a feeling that, okay, this is probably going to be what, like the only song I like off it. But boy, was I wrong, because let's go into the next track. Oh, man, do I love this one. And honestly, Ian, just fake it, dude, because seriously, I will leave the show if you don't like this one. Uh, this next song is called Rock the Blues Away. Holy crap, this is great. It's so catchy. It's so amazing. I mean, the lyrics are fun. It's about drinking and smoking and enjoying life. You know, the things I can't do anymore. But I can live through these lyrics uh, remembering my past. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Three killer songs in a row? I love Rock the Blues Away. It's so so much fun. I love the melody, the vocal melody. The It's just, it's just like screams good times. And you really have to think about the turmoil of Malcolm Young and them like, you know what, man? It's horrible, but let's rock the blues away. And this song is like, man, they're happy, you know? And it's like, I don't know, man. It really gives me a, a good feeling to know that this band that's I've worshipped for over 40 years and to me it's like there's nothing like Bon Scott you know I mean I love Brian Johnson but no there's no Brian Johnson album including uh, Black and Black to me that equals anything Bon Scott did but I'm not putting taking away anything from Brian the same but uh, this album this song man is my second favorite I haven't touched on my favorite yet which will probably surprise you which one's my favorite because it's much later in the album. But Rock the Blues Away is, like, awesome. What do you think? <clears throat> well, first of all, I want to say, Ralph, it was nice working with you. Yeah, you know, dick. You're a nice guy. Uh, man, uh, I remember the first time I heard this song. Uh, I, there was a knock at my door. I opened up, it was UPS, and they said, uh, here you go, Mr. Wadley. ACDC just mailed this in. Oh, you know, and this just—it's uh, it, not horrible. Don't get me wrong; it's not horrible, but it's—I uh, don't know. Uh, it, this is this just reeks of filler to me. I, I mean, I, I do get what you're talking about—the good time lyrics, you know, the drinking lyrics, the have fun lyrics. But there's just something too. Um, pedestrian and safe. Man, the melody is so... It's like, dude, to me, the melody, the way Brian sings this song, it's like they did their homework, you know? It Uh, wasn't them just trying to do Xmas for Christmas or Ball Breaker, you know? I I think already what I was hoping for on this album that I, I don't think that I ever got was take a little bit of a chance. You know, where's a, you know, like a ride on or a Night Prowler, or a, a Spellbound, you know, you know, just, just something a little bit different. Uh, you, you know, that's what I, I wanted. Like, give me something new. You know, ACDC is another one that was like, you know, like the Ramones or the Stones. People, all the albums sound the same, and and I agree, but they all sound good. But I, I just wanted a little bit of fucking, you know, like a little bit of a left turn. And this, to me, was just like 
played it way too safe. It's not horrible, but it, you know this isn't anything I'm going to come back to. You know, and that that's what I want. Something I'm going to come back to. And while I think the whole album sounds good sonically, uh, I just think it's a filler track. But then we go into Misadventure. Now, Misadventure, I actually like. I I, I think it, it, it's a fun rocker. Uh, I, I think it's you know it's one it, if you want to call a deep cut on this album, I think it's a deep cut because uh, I think it's one that might get overlooked. But I really don't. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of songs that are probably easy to overlook because I'm, I'm so so on this album. But Misadventure, I was like, now that that's pretty good. Reminded me of old ACDC. What do you think of Misadventure? Uh, Misadventure, it's kind of like them putting one the big toe outside of the ACDC box because there is a, something a little different about Misadventure, but it's still like 100% ACDC, but with a little toe outside of the box going... Just touching outside and putting it right back in real quick. It is a tinge different than your regular ACDC track. I think it's a really cool song. And, uh, but, you know, the one thing that I will say that I'm not too happy about with the song is the na-na-na. It's like, no, man, ACDC, don't go na-na-na. They do some na-na-na stuff in it. I'm not too crazy about that. But other than that, I think it's a really cool tune. Misadventure, and it's like what you were saying before. Well, I want them to take a little bit of a chance. Well, they did on Misadventure, and they did on Rock Rock the Blues Away. But you're too drunk to notice. The next song is called Dogs of War. Now, this one is like mid tempo. I think it's a kick ass track. I love the chorus. I love the riff. I love them backing vocals. That ACDC, those dirty backing vocals. Dogs of War, Soldiers of Fortune. Great song. I love Dogs of War, but no, it's not my favorite off here. What do you think of Dogs of War? Uh, I'll tell you what, right off the bat, <coughs> it, it's it's a thousand times better than the Roger Waterless Pink Fraud song, uh, Dogs of War. I, lo- I love this song. I think it's different. This is my third favorite song on the album. There's just something... Something dirty about Dogs of War I really like. And this is one I would definitely come back and listen to. It was a pleasant surprise. Dogs of War definitely kicks ass. All right. And then we go into the next one, which is, uh, oh, shit, I got to see the full title here. Got Some Rock and Roll Thunder. Yeah, Got Some Rock and Roll Thunder. Ooh, boy. Oh, this is more like fucking rock and roll drizzle. This is this is total filler, total filler. I, I mean, as I was taking notes, it, it, it's so bland. All I had was filler. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even have anything special. So this one just like totally hurt it, and it was gone. I got nothing to add. This song just didn't grab me at all. What do you think, Ralph? Well, uh, not one of my favorites on here, but I think it's a fun, upbeat song. It's more like the same old, same old. Yes. Brian Johnson sounds amazing. And yes, it's a filler track, but it's one of those filler tracks that I welcome. It's a good track to hold me over to the next one. But I, I, I actually like got some rock and roll thunder because they are the thunder from down under. So it's kind of like them patting themselves on the back, and I think they should. ACDC is one of these fucking bands that fucking 
They made gazillion dollars, and they're one of those bands that deserves the gazillion dollars because they busted their ass and they stayed true. Even if like diehards like me and you bash them from not changing, you also have to applaud them for not changing. And by not changing, look how popular they are. Look how big they are. They can go on tour right now and fill up every arena they play at. And that's like, to me, a, a part of life that's fair, you know? I think about, like, so many killer bands didn't get their due. Well, we have this garbage out there, like you 2 I don't give a fuck about you U2 fans. They suck. Where bands, other bands that are so much better than U2 can't play a fucking arena and, they, and U2 fills up stadiums. Well, ACDC is a success story that... It's fucking awesome. Well, I, I, I totally agree there. And I, I I happen to love you too. But what I love about ACDC is, <laughs> yes, ACDC can totally sell out. And unlike Kiss, ACDC doesn't have to go do a co-headlining tour with Def Leppard or fucking Motley Crue. Just ACDC alone with no opening act. And you get, uh, you know, rock fans. You get country fans. You get metal fans. Just music fans want to see the incredibleness that is fucking ACDC. And that that is awesome. That should be applauded. Uh, they're just a great fucking band. Yeah, you, you said it perfectly. They, they as far as fan base, they, they cover a lot of spectrum. You know, they get, it's not just metal fans that go see ACDC. There's a lot of people that hate metal that love ACDC. A lot. Yeah, like country and like, you know, reggae and rap. They all love ACDC because you know what ACDC really does, like, uh, like genuflect realism. It's like, dude, what you get is what you fucking get. You know, I remember there was an interview with Angus Young, and the and the interviewer guy goes to Angus Young and goes, uh, "You, you know, doesn't it feel funny that you just released the tw- your twenty third album that sounds like all the other albums?" And Angus goes, "You're a hundred percent wrong." It's the 24th album that sounds like all the other 24 albums. <laughs> you gotta love that. He's like, yeah, man, I am who I am, and fuck you, you know? And that's yeah. what's great about ACDC. They're the real shit. And to me, and I'm telling you, a lot of their albums is, like, boring to me. It's the same old shit. I'm not gonna sit here and praise a Stiff Upper Lip and, and uh, you know, Ball Breaker and Razor's Edge. And even most of Blow Up Your Video I didn't like. But at the same time, you know, they release something like Rock or Bust. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and pretend I like these songs when I really don't. Believe me, everything I'm saying about these songs, I really do mean. I think they really, like, took their... I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if it's the absence of Malcolm or what it is, but they really, to me, they... Each song on here that I've reviewed so far is fucking top-notch ACDC. Even, like, the lame ones would be, like, the best song off Stiff Upper Lip or Black Eyes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, y- yes, yes and no. I oh, mean, yeah, I well, not... I forgot who I was talking to. You're not too crazy <laughs> about this. I mean, there's, there's stuff I really love, and then there's stuff I'm like, eh. But if you want to talk about stuff I fucking really love, then we're going to go into my... I would say, mm, fuck. I guess it has to be my second favorite track because I, I really love Rock or Bust. But my second favorite, and it's neck and neck, is Hard Times. 
I fucking love hard times. This is a... Now, you want to talk about a drinking song? Just shit. Just read my liner notes. I'm going to take a drink of beer because I love hard times. Hold on a second. Oh, that tastes good. And hard times sounds good. Great fucking song. Was really happy, man. I mean, on the repeated listens today, because like you, I wanted to play it a bunch of times, you know. And uh, actually, I like this album a lot more the first time I heard it. The more I play it back, I'm kind of like, eh. I think I was just so excited to hear ACDC that sounded better than some of the, you know, the more recent albums. But uh, man, this is one that held up, and Hard Times is easily right neck and neck with Rocker Bust for my favorite track of the album. What do you think of Hard Times, Ralph? Uh, I. Well, I don't love it as much as you, though. I don't hate it. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I I think it's a good tune. It's predictable, but the thing I do like about Hard Times, it's got that groove, and that groove keeps it out of the suck zone, if you know what I mean. I mean, it does have a killer groove that I dig. Uh, it's a great song. I'm just like, I wouldn't put it as one of my favorites off here. Wow. But uh, it's a great song. I'm just wow. telling you, man, this sounds so good. That the songs that I don't feel are the best songs on here are still good to me, you know. I I, I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I, I'm I'm really shocked. I thought this was gonna be the moment where, like, okay, we both agreed on this because I'm gonna be as shocked as the fucking listeners to you know what's your favorite. If it's not hard times, I'm really surprised. What's gonna be your favorite off this fucking album? It's coming up. I haven't, uh, I haven't even right. discussed it yet. All right, well, why don't you go in the next one, which is Baptism by Fire. Baptism by Fire is based on the opening riff. You know, the pre-chorus is awesome. I really dig the pre-chorus on it. I love the main riff. It's catchy as fuck. Um, Again, it's a good song. Not one of my favorites. I put it around, like, with Hard Times. You know, it's a good follow-up from Hard Times, you know. But it's not a horrible song. It's a filler, but the fillers on this album are great. Uh, I like Baptism of Fire. What do you think? Boring. Really? Boring. Yeah, bo- this this is one... Uh, uh, yeah. This is one on repeated listen. You know, first initial listen, like I said, I love like, oh, God, I can't believe ACDC put out an album that's good. And I was like, all right, let me let me check it again. And it, on repeated plays, I was like, yeah, this is... Uh, this ain't one of them. This is, this is fucking filler. Really did nothing for me. And... Was glad when it was over on to the next song. Uh, yeah, that, that's about all I get. But it reminds me of the next song, Rock the House. Because when this was over, I was like, did a song just fucking happen? It was, it was that that forgettable and that fucking boring. I, I think actually Rock the House might be my least favorite. And it sucked that there was two back-to-back that bored me that bad because it really killed you know, the momentum that was picked back up by hard times for me. But fucking Rock the House, uh, yeah, it's like, I didn't even know, I thought it was all one fucking song. What do you think, Ralph? Well, to, uh, to actually, um, uh, pretend to be that stupid-ass, lame-ass co-host we used to have, I'm gonna score your ass now! Oh, shit. Yes, this is my favorite track off the fucking album. Yes! I'm not kidding. This song is killer. Man, I remember the first time I heard this song, I had to put it back because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was so good. It's killer. That opening riff reminds me of Slime by Zappa. You know that song Slime? No, no, no. That's a great fucking song. 
But that, know, but that riff, it's, it's, it reminds me of Dan, 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 dan. It reminds I, me of Slime. I Maybe I gotta go back and listen to this, but this did not remind oh me of Oh my god, that song is awesome. I remember the first time I played it, I was like, holy shit. Wait, wait, wait. Did I just hear something that awesome from ACDC? Let me go put it back, and I did. And actually, when I jumped in my car, because I put it in my iPod, I, I, I jumped in my car today, and when I put it in my car to play, I went to that song first. Instead of playing it from the beginning, I go, let me start with Rock the House, and then I'll go back to Rocker Bus. Yes, my favorite track off the album. It's killer. I love, love, love Rock the House. And yeah, the title's not that great. You know, it's almost like a rap reference, you know, because that's what rappers say. Yeah, it's Rock the House, yo. But whatever. The, the song rules. My favorite song off the album. Rock the house. Now let's go to the next one. And as you saw, as I said earlier, uh, there's only two songs on this album I didn't like, and there's only two songs left on the album. So I'm not a fan of uh, Sweet Candy. I don't like it much. Sounds like stuff off the past few albums. Um, it's 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 what it's what uh, Rock the Blues Away and Rock the House is to Ian. Uh, rock candy is to me, or sweet candy is to me. What do you think of sweet candy? Yeah, I, you pretty much <laughs> summed it up because I mean that was my notes. Okay, but not rememberable. You know, it wasn't. There's okay. Let me just say, there's nothing on this album that's like, oh, oh, that is the worst shit I, I ever heard. You know, it's like none of this is a Sammy Hagar song. Okay, yeah, but that's it's just true. Uh, t- to me, for a band that everybody claims every album sounds the same. They set the bar pretty fucking high, in my opinion. So, when I hear songs like this, I'm like, it's not horrible, but God damn it, you're ACDC. You could have done a little bit better. Uh, and I'm going to get into uh, why I believe this is later when we when we sum up the album. But, uh, yeah, Sweet Candy, okay. It, it, that's what it is. If you put it down... You're not going to change the fucking station, but, you know, you're not going to call up your fucking buddy and say, ooh, check out Sweet Candy, you know? But then we go into, which I I figured was going to be the worst song on the album when I was reading the titles, Emission Control. I'm like, what the fuck is this, and what the fuck rhymes with Emission Control, <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh, man, do they just run out of fucking song titles? Um... It's not bad. Again, it, 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 you know, it sums up this album for me. Not bad, but not fucking, you know, this ain't legendary ACDC. To me, this whole album is, uh, you know, what the Stones have done since fucking Tattoo You, which is put out an album as an excuse for a tour. And I, I, I think that's what it is. Ah, let's get, you know, we'll have a couple new songs. We'll play two songs, and then the rest will all be a greatest hit set. And I think that's what this album is. Uh, it's an excuse for a tour. Uh, not horrible, but but not memorable. What do you think of a mission control? Oh, I think it's horrible, actually. Believe it or not, I think it's a boring <laughs> song. I think uh, if you put this on the last couple of ACDC albums, it would be one of the worst songs on those albums. And I'm not a fan of those albums. I think it's a, it's filler, the slow riff. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of tedious. I don't like this song at all. It fucking sucks, but... I will say one positive thing about it. It's not as bad as the Sammy Hagar song. That's true. That's very so, true. All right. So that sums up uh, 
what we think of Rock Bus, but you know, you have any closing statements? I guess I'll have some closing things after you have to say what you gotta say, dude. My summary of the album, eh, it's it's all right. There's some songs I really enjoy, and a whole lot of what just happened, you know. But but not in a bad way, but just in a boring kind of way. But I got a lot of notes about this album. First of all, this is the, the shortest album ACDC ever made uh, by, I believe, three minutes. Uh, second shortest is Flick of the Switch. Um, another one, uh, Brian Johnson originally wanted to call the album Man Down in honor of uh, Malcolm Young, but it was deemed that that was too uh, depressing, you know, too sad. But uh, I actually think that's a good album title, and I, I, I think it uh, shows some respect to Malcolm not being there. Malcolm being such a huge, huge part of ACDC. Uh, drummer Phil Rudd, we talked about this in last week's episode. I mean, there's so much drama going on. You know, uh, you know, hiring people to kill, uh, the meth, the fucking weed, all this shit. He was 10 days late to the recording of this. This was produced by uh, Brendan O'Brien, who did, you know, a lot of, you know, the grunge era albums, did all the Stone Temple Pilots and some Pearl Jam shit like that, who I actually think did an incredible job producing this album because I think it does sound great. But anyway, he was about to replace Phil Rudd because he was just 10 days late showing up. And he's like, fuck this, you know, we're going to get another drummer. But Phil Rudd showed up and did play tracks on all of the all of the albums. Uh, also, Angus used a device known as the Schaefer Replica which an ACDC super fan made for him, which is a replica of an 80s wireless device that he used in the 70s and early 80s and makes his guitar sound a certain way. And uh, I, whatever it is, it fucking works because this whole album sounds like ACDC. I love that. There's nothing modern. You know, it doesn't sound like, you know, it should be on radio today. It just sounds like classic ACDC. Just the songs aren't there, in my opinion. Uh, Steve Young is on this album, replacing Malcolm. Steve is their nephew, who also played on the Blow Up Your Video Tour when uh, Malcolm went into rehab for alcohol. Uh, You know, a lot of people say, like, wow, he looks fucking old. It's because he's only a year younger than fucking Angus. Steve Young is 58 years old, and he's only, I believe, four years uh, younger than Malcolm. Uh, it's their oldest brother's son, and you know he's been very close to the band. I think he does a good job. Uh, album sounds great. Uh, I think Brian Johnson sounds really good on this album. Uh, there was talk Brian Johnson uh, was scared that he was losing it vocally and was going to resign from ACDC, saying, "Hey, I don't think I can do it anymore." And for him to say that, I think is crazy because on this album, I think Brian Johnson, you know, regardless of what I think of the songs. I think Brian Johnson's voice is fucking incredible. And this song is actually made up of leftovers from the last couple of ACDC albums. Are you Um, kidding me? No, no, I'm not kidding you. And that makes a lot of sense to me. So you're telling me Malcolm Young did have a part in writing these songs? Yes, yes. Oh, cool. Uh, as, As far as the official credits, I believe it's just credited to Angus... Or I'm, I'm sorry, it might be credited to Malcolm too, but I know these are songs that Malcolm was involved with. Okay. The, I mean, almost almost every song here uh, was just songs that never got finished 
from uh, oh right, I think like the last four ACDC albums. Well, that's really uh, good so, for I me mean, to that, hear. Yeah, I mean that is good because Malcolm's very important, very important ACDC. And uh, you know, it's very sad what happened to Malcolm <coughs> after. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of listeners might not know this. I am actually very good fans with AC, uh, good friends with ACDC. I've known him for years. Who ain't and, you friends uh, with? You know, I I know. Hey, everybody loves the Ayatollah. I'm the life of the fucking party. But uh, you know, once we got you know the leaked copy of the album, I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I need to go see Malcolm anyway. And see what's going on, you know. So I once saw Malcolm, you know, and he's like, "Hey, what do you think of the album?" I said, "Ah, you know, it could have been better." And then he said, "What do you think of the album?" I said, "Ah, it could have been better." And then he said, "Hey, what do you think of the album?" I was you like, know, I'm not lying. You know what? This is just this just not right, man. That's just not right, dude. You 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 know your eyes are gonna fall out for saying shit like that. There's certain people you shouldn't goof on, and Malcolm's one of them, dude. You should be ashamed of yourself, you drunk bastard. Hey, How I dare you? Hey, and you know what? Hey, Malcolm man, make, make fun. Make fun of Phil Rudd all you want, but man, not Malcolm. You know, Malcolm Malcolm never did hey. anything to anybody, man. He was just, All he did was kick ass for 40 years. I love Malcolm. I love Malcolm. You know why? Because he always laughs at my jokes like it's the first time he's ever heard it. Let me tell you something. I know for sure Malcolm would never be friends with somebody like you. That's horrible, man. That's That's horrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. We're drinking buddies. You should be ashamed of yourself. I love Malcolm, and that's a funny joke. Fuck you. Funny's funny. Comedy's not pretty, everybody. That was a funny joke. No, it would be funny uh, if, if, if it was Phil Rudd with dementia. Oh, yeah. wow, the Phil Rudd hate. Hey, hey, watch out. Phil Rudd's going to have you fucking whack. Yeah, that's true, man. I, better, I, hope, I hope he doesn't listen. I hope he ain't into the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least if I piss off Malcolm, he'll fucking forget about it a minute later. Yo, you, know? you stop. Yeah, <laughs> ashamed of yourself. That's horrible. Oh, come on. That's so come horrible, on. man. Jeez, that's crossing the oh. line, dude. What the fuck's oh, wrong with come you? come on. Hey, you, know, hey. we do sacred, you know we do the sacred cows on this show? We fucking Malcolm. No, no. Ian, oh, Ian, oh, oh me... no. I'm sorry. We Malcolm. <laughs> uh, okay, you see, the reason why we're not losing listeners, because people are listening to me going, hey, man, I'll keep listening because Ralph's on there. Not, you know, if it was like two Ians, fuck these guys. I don't agree with oh, yeah. jokes about Malcolm Young, dude. There's certain people you should it should be joke free, and that's one of them right there. Horrible. All right. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, are you done summing up and also like offending me and everybody else that loves Malcolm? I don't know. I can't remember. All right. He's yeah. You're too drunk. <laughs> I, did, I did it again. I did it again. Yeah. He looks. It looks like you're gonna have dementia, my friend. I know. Let's and go then, to pick and the then me and my future co-host Terrence will make fun of you. Oh, 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 oh that's, that's offensive, isn't it? Huh? That offended you, huh? Huh? Now you know how I felt. See, there's certain things you shouldn't say. And what I said, yes, that was horrible. See, I was just trying to find something equally as bad. And that's the closest I can get. All right, pick of the week. Can pick you imagine? Can you imagine a show where it's just me and him? 
It'll be like, I'll say, Ooh. I'll say what I have to say, and he'll be like, I agree. Okay, okay, next track. I agree. Yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be like the Malcolm Young show because he just keep repeating himself. Hey, hey, enough, <laughs> man. All right. Hey, hey, oh, no. come on. You threw me a softball. That was terrible. All right. That, that was play ball. Hey, listen. Uh, we're not we're not doing the we're not doing the, the pick of the week yet because I have to sum up the album myself, man. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, I, thought, I thought I did that for you. I gotta say that I'm very pleasantly surprised that Malcolm Young did have a lot to do with the writing because I was for a second there thinking, wow, maybe it's because Malcolm didn't contribute. That's why it's so much better. But no, and to think that they left these songs off their last few albums. Uh, it's ridiculous because these songs devour all every every album since Flick of the Switch. Well, actually, you know, there's a couple tunes on uh, Fly in the Wall I would put as good as stuff like this too. But as a whole, I like this album more than Fly in the Wall, and I like Fly in the Wall. Hell, I like Blow Up Your Videos to to an extent, but that had a lot of filler on it, you know. Where I think this new album only has two filler tracks and that's the last two which is perfect put them both at the end so you can stop it you know well for me <clears throat> again rock the house rules and rock the blues away is my second favorite and rock rock or buzz and play ball dogs of war i love i love this whole album man. and um that sums it up but i want to say a little story for our listeners out there because i have been told that people love my old school concert stories, and I do have a an ACDC concert story that does kind of uh, relate to this album or this tour. Was I did see the blow up your video tour with um uh what's his name? Steve Young. Steve Young. Now I saw this show. I saw the show. I was kind of nosebleeds, and it looked just like Malcolm back then because he had the longer hair. He looked identical to Malcolm where I was standing. Now, this is a bizarre story I'm about to get tell you. I saw the Blow Up Your Video show, and, it, and I went in it, and I came home in a total of three cars. How? You ask? Okay. Me and my buddy Nick, uh, anybody out there, I don't know, this is going to be a real, a real long shot, but I had a friend called Nick Brote that we were inseparable. And I haven't seen the guy since 1996. And I would love to find him. So anybody knows a Nick Brote, please get him in touch with Ralph Vieira. Because uh, he would, it would blow his mind to know that I'm in a thrash band. Because me and him used to go see all the old school thrash shows. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Me and Nick Brote were driving to go see the Blow Up Your Video show. We were young, careless, drunk, drinking Jack Daniels. He runs a red light and crashes into an SUV or an SUV-looking car with a lady and a little baby in it, okay? His car's totaled. Her car's fucked up. The baby is fine. She's fine. I'm fine and Nick's fine. It was miraculous because it was really a bad crash, okay? And then I ended up sitting on the sidewalk with my hands holding my head saying, fuck. I'm going to miss ACDC, you know? And then Nick comes running up to me, and he says, Dude, I got you a ride to ACDC. He found some random dude that was going to ACDC. But I said, Dude, I'm not going to go, because I'm not going to leave you here. 
And then he threatened to kick my ass if I didn't go because he felt bad. I was like, dude, I don't want to. He's like, no, you're going to go, blah, blah, You know, we were both drunk, and then I ended up, like, ended up going with this dude that I didn't know to go see ACDC. So me and this guy, we go see the show. I'm still drunk, and I'm drinking with him on the way there. We get there, and, uh, you know, we see the show. And one thing, I, I don't remember much about that night. I do remember the show vividly because Angus came out of a missile, and they played high voltage the first time I've seen them play that. And I've seen every tour from, for those about to rock up to the, uh, before that show. <coughs> and during the jack... When they were playing the jack, the guy started rubbing my back. And it freaked me out, man. And I was like, well, this ain't normal, dude. And I even <laughs> I even said to him, I said, yo, dude, are you gay or something? And he was like, no, man, I'm just getting into it. I was like, okay, I didn't know. I'm just, you know, curious, you know. Because I'm not gay, dude. You know, don't get any ideas, you know. Because I was a young, studly-looking guy. Anyway, so uh, this this show was at the Hollywood Sportatorium. Now, anybody that lived down in Florida at that time will tell you the Hollywood Sportatorium, it was the greatest place to see a show. But the parking lot, if it rained, it was a mud, mud central. So when we left the show, this guy's car got caught in the mud and it was overheating and somehow he got out of it. So we're driving back and his car starts overheating where there's smoke pouring out of the hood so we stopped at a a gas station and while we're letting the car cool down I saw this guy that was friends of one of my friends and I met that guy only a week prior because I used to own a record store and my friend took that guy to my record store and uh, I was like dude uh, can you get if you give me a ride home? I'll get you. I'll give you any record you want, dude. Because I wanted to get away from this weird dude. <coughs> so the guy gave me a ride. So I left that dude. I left him high and dry. I was like, hey, dude, nice to meet you, but I got a ride home. So yes, that's my whole story. I ended up going to ACDC in three cars. The blow up your video tour. That's my old school story. I should always have an old school. Ralph's Corner story, and that one was a pretty damn unique one. I, I should say so myself. Right, Ian? <laughs> yeah, Terrence, can you repeat the first half of that for Malcolm Young? He forgot what uh, you were talking uh, about. There. Fuck you, man. <laughs> All right, give me your give me give me your pick, of, go to give, pick of the week. Give me your pick of the week. <laughs> All right, my pick of the week is if you want to hear. In my opinion, the last truly godly ACDC album. Go back and get For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. Uh, I think this is by far, by a fucking country mile, my favorite album with uh, Brian Johnson. You know, a lot of people, you know, it's all about Back in Black. I get it. Back in Black is fucking great. Okay, you know, to me, Back in Black is like, you know, the prettiest girl you ever dated. But for those about to rock is the girl after her. Maybe wasn't so pretty, but did that thing with her fucking tongue. You know, and this that's what this album does. It does that thing with its tongue. Uh, I think it stands up better. It doesn't suffer from the uh, from the overkill. There's so many deep cuts. I mean, I mean, let, let, forget the title track, which is phenomenal. 
put the finger on you. Let's get it up. Injected venom, snowball, evil walks, COD, breaking the rules, night of the long knives, and fucking spellbound. Now that is an incredible, incredible ACDC album from top to bottom. Their last one produced by Mutt Lang, who did Back in Black and Highway to Hell. Uh, just an amazing, amazing album that I, I really... I, I don't believe it doesn't get the respect that it does. They're like, ah, it's not back in black. Uh, to me, it, it, it's better. It's better. Might not be as pretty, but like I said, it does that thing with its tongue, and I never get sick of it. And I always go back to this album, and I can play it from the first song to the last. Uh, an incredible one, you know, if, if you haven't heard this, shame on you. If you haven't listened to it in a while, go back and check it out, you know. Uh, for those about to rock, we salute you. I love it. What you got, Ralph? Well, I want to talk about for those about to rock. Um, I happen to agree with you. I think it's a phenomenal album. It's not back in black, though. I'm sorry. There's no album that Brian Johnson has done with ACDC that comes close to the greatness of back in black. Yes, I know it's very popular and it's very trendy and whatnot. But no, man, every song on back in black is solid. I don't think every song on For Those About to Rock is solid, but I will give you this. What's a, what's a bad, what's a, what's a bad I know, song? I'm not a big fan of uh, Night of the Long Knives and also uh, Breaking the Rules. It's like, whatever. Those two songs are like forgettable to me, you know? The rest I love, you know? But those two songs, where I can't name one song off of uh, Back in Black that is not fucking classic. Yes, a little burnt out on them, but I'm a little burnt out on Van Halen 1. Doesn't mean it's still not my favorite Van Halen album, which it is. But I'm burnt out on it, okay? And I feel the same way about Back in Black. You know, you shook me, you know, and stuff like that. But Shake a Leg, you know, uh, the rest of it, man. I just love the hell out of that album. But for me, yeah, for those, a, lot of, a lot of the ACDC purists are more like, no, Flick of the Switch. And people even say Flick of the Switch is even better than Back in Black. I'm like... Dude, it's not even better than for those about to rock, okay? But thank I, you, thank but, you. But I think it's a great album. I think Flick of the Switch is uh, the third best album they did with with uh, with Brian Johnson. Fourth being Rocker Bust. But I'm telling you, for those about to rock, I do agree with you, Ian. It is very overlooked by people, and people actually like bash it a little bit. I've seen like online like. Oh, because it was the follow-up to Back in Black, and since it wasn't as great and didn't sell as well, you know, it, it was like looked down. But you know, a lot of people don't realize that was a number one album uh, for those about to rock when it was released. It entered the charts at number one because Back in Black just left that big of an impact, you know, back then, you know, as it does still to today. <coughs> okay, so. Speaking of underrated albums, my pick of the week is an old one. Uh, and if I did already pick this one, please tell me. And I'll pick another one. Uh, right. It happens to be my second favorite album from Aerosmith. And it's like uh, the most... A lot of people don't even talk about it that much. Night in the Ruts, 1979. I love the hell out of this album. I don't think there's one bad song on it. Uh... 
I think it's a great album. It's a transitional album. Joe Perry left the band midway through recording it because they were recording it, then they went on tour, then there was that spilled milk incident on that tour, and then he left the band, and Jimmy Crespo finished up the album. But that's a heavy, great fucking album. Night in the Ruts is my pick of this week. You know that album, Ian? I fucking adore <coughs> Night in the Ruts. Uh, I adore every Aerosmith album up until uh, Done With The Mirrors. I, and I, I love Done With The Mirrors, but after that, it's it's a tale of two Aerosmiths to me. Uh, from Permanent Vacation on, yeah, there's a couple songs here and there that I like, but as a whole, you can have that fucking shit. But uh, Done With Mirrors back fucking incredible incredible night in the ruts uh man I, I mean that's it's it's rock and roll it leads rock and roll if you open up that album it, it's fucking rock and roll yeah uh, man my, no surprise my, 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 oh yeah oh man uh all the songs on that and even like the slower stuff like mia is, is fucking incredible cheesecake Oh yeah! Oh fucking Coney Island, Whitefish. Coney Island, oh Whitefish. That's my favorite track on there. Oh, I, I, I mean, I love it. My all-time favorite uh, Aerosmith is "Get Your Wings." Love that. Uh, Has my favorite but, song. Do you know what song that is? Uh, my favorite Aerosmith songs on that album. Well, I'm gonna take a stab here, but I'm probably wrong. But uh, could be one of my favorites, which is "Seasons of Wither." That's the one. Yeah, yeah, Seasons of Wither, oh my god. You want to talk about a perfect fucking smoke a joint, put on some fucking headphones. Uh, that song is just godly. Well, Space, um, too. Space would be good for that as well. Oh, yeah, SOS, too bad. I mean, I mean everything. I, I don't think there's a bad track on there. But, uh, but yeah, but I mean, Night in the Ruts is, you know, let's not take anything away from Night in the Ruts. It's a great, great album, and an overlooked fucking album. Very much overlooked. Uh... You know, and there might be maybe some of our newer listeners, which I'm very excited about. We have a lot of young listeners, uh, you know, which at first I thought was kind of weird, but then it inspired me. It's, it's like I'm glad that there's young people that I mean, I mean, probably we have like a 14 year old sense of humor, but, you know, that we can talk to young kids and say, hey, check out these fucking albums, you know, because they might only know like the bullshit commercial like ballad fucking Aerosmith. There is some great, great Aerosmith records out there, you know. And I, all of our fans, check out any of the '70s albums <coughs> and "Rock in a Hard Place" and "Done with Mirrors." Uh, I mean, it's it just uh, it's great rock and roll. I would like to say, and I know I'm not, I know this ain't going to be popular, especially with you, Ian. But I'm not a big fan of "Done with Mirrors." I saw that tour, by the way. I saw that tour twice. Yeah. Once with uh, Black and Blue with Tommy Thayer. That was wow. the Back in the Saddle tour, which they first got together, and they played songs now, from that album. Was, was, was Tommy Thayer dressed up as Joe Perry? <laughs> no, Jimmy Crespo. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Wasn't Rick, was Rick Dufay? No, no, it wasn't Rick <laughs> Dufay. That was Jamie St. James. He, he was uh, he t- he, just for that night, he wasn't D. Snyder. And, and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, uh, I think that album has... You know, it ha- does have its moments. Like, one of my all-time favorite Aerosmith songs is My Fist Your Face. It's just so... Oh, I, I, I love that song. That song has that, that song. groove and, reason, and that melody, the 13-year-old I think yeah. it's a good song. 
I'm not into yeah. that album though. I love the hop. I love. Uh, believe it or not, I know this ain't popular either, but I actually like uh, let the music do the talking better on Done with Mirrors than the Joe Perry project. A lot of people, you know, are like, "Oh, Aerosmith ruined that song." No, I think Aerosmith's version was better. I'm not a big fan of the Joe Ferry Project, to tell you the truth. I have two. I think they only released two. I own, I own two, and I don't know. Some three about, They have three? three albums. Okay, I own two of them. <coughs> Maybe the third one is better, but... Uh, <laughs> I also want to say that one album that's uh, that gets bashed a lot and is sold a lot was Pump, and I really like Pump. I'm not a fan of Love and Elevator. I despise Jamie's Got a Gun. What it's take, it's uh, all right. But man, that album has this song called Voodoo Medicine Man that's heavy as hell. That's a Brad Whitford song. And if you ask me, Brad Whitford plays rings around Joe Perry. You know, he's a much better guitar player and a much better songwriter, if you ask me. He wrote, knows, um, what's that song? Nobody's Fault. Nobody's Fault. Nobody's Fault. He's great. Yeah. Uh, that, also, that song also has Young Lust. Um, uh, t- t- second song, F-I-N-E. Um, there's just there's a lot of good heavy songs on Pump, but yeah, it does have a couple clunkers. But I do enjoy Pump uh, as far as the later Aerosmith albums go. And then after that, you know, I don't care. But um, uh, uh, Permanent Vacation has so much filler on it. I love the Hangman Jury and the title track, but that's you know, and I think there may be another one on there I kind of like, but. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, the great, great Aerosmith albums, to me, it stopped at rock in a hard place. Though, like I said, uh, Done With Mirrors, I know that you love, it did have its moments for me. I did like some of it. But uh, Night in the Ruts, let's get back to what I originally said. That album from start to finish, maybe it's sentimental to me because it's the very first Aerosmith studio album I ever purchased because... I, the first album I ever bought from Aerosmith was Live Bootleg, um, nice. which is which is awesome. That's another uh, incredible live album. Um, but um, what do you call? Uh, but not only Rocks for me is better, you know. And I know a lot of purists think Rocks is the best, and I happen to agree with them. But I love the first album. I love Get Your Wings. I really love Toys in the Attic. I think that's another one, probably my third favorite, or tied with uh, Night in the Ruts. Done with, uh, what is it? Um, Draw the Line, man. It has, its, it has its weak points, man. There's some songs on there I just don't like at all. But then there's Kings and Queens, which is like one of the greatest songs ever that they ever wrote. And, you know, the title track, Got to Give It Up is a good tune. Um, yeah, we're going into a whole Aerosmith discussion, but you know, we're about to end this program, but Ian went to the bathroom again because, you know, he drinks a lot of beer and every time he goes to the bathroom, you see, we see each other on, on Skype and he's gone. So I try to talk till he gets back. A lot of you listeners don't realize that, but when you hear me talk way too much with no Ian, that means he's in the bathroom and now he's back and now I'm going to pretend I wasn't saying anything bad about Ian. Oh, that's fucked up. Nah, well, you'll hear it back because I ain't going to edit it. Anyway, so uh, that's uh, our pick of the week. Um, any uh, final words you want to say there, Ian, how they can check us out and uh, the content? Still, nobody's written anything on iTunes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I was getting to that because. Uh, God, what's you know, wrong with dudes? you people? We know you're listening. 
we started doing this fan of the week, and uh, which I love doing because I love our fucking fans. I think you're, there's a lot of them that we both talk to daily on Facebook and have all this interaction with, and uh, I love it. And I thought people were going to jump at the chance to be a co-host with us. But ain't none of you got off your fucking ass and gone on to iTunes. It's embarrassing. I actually, I, I even feel bad talking about it on the fucking podcast for new listeners. Like, well, shit, these guys have got no fans. What is up? Somebody come on to iTunes. I get. I, I, I think this is what it is. I think this is what it is. To get on iTunes, you have to give, like, uh, you know, debit card or credit card information, all that fucking bullshit. Maybe that's it. I, I have a lot of fans. I know a lot of friends that uh, listen to podcasts that they're like, we don't use iTunes because you've got to have this app or some shit like that. But, I mean, come on. Th- this is a chance to get out and get heard all over the world on our, our show. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not just, you know, brag too much. But we got a lot of listeners all over the fucking globe. Not only all over the U.S., but worldwide. We have a lot of fucking fans. And I, I think it's so cool. And I said our number two market is fucking Italy. And we got thousands of fans in Italy. I'm like, wow, that, that blows my mind. We got uh, fans in fucking, uh, fucking Russia, fucking all over the fucking place. So who wouldn't want to get on here and fucking, you know, talk about fucking metal with our two dumbasses? But apparently nobody, because nobody's gone on there. But if there is a new listener who wants to, here's what you got to do. You got to go on to iTunes. Uh, you know, sign up, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Go on there, leave a review. And uh, just be creative. Well, at this point, you don't even have to be fucking creative. I guess you just got to go on there. The contest is going to the end of January. Uh, and, and I got a bad feeling Terrence is going to win because he'll probably be the only person that goes on there. But you got to go on there and leave a review. Be creative. Be funny. Or something really positive. Just something that stands out. Uh, well, I guess you don't have to stand out because nobody's doing it. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you want a shot at a, at a fucking guest host shot on the show... Just go on there, and then all we ask is that you have a decent mic, and you you have the ability to get on Skype to do the review with us. But uh, but other than that, uh, you know, that's what I want out of Fan Out of the Week. I want to see somebody that fucking does something because I, I love talking to you guys. Whether whether it's good, you know, sometimes the fans fucking uh, you know fucking rag me too. One of the funniest ones was a fucking. Uh, a fan that accused me of being a crossdresser after giving a bad review to fucking uh, Ace Fraley's new solo album. That shit fucking cracked me up. But, uh, you know, go on there. Become part of the team. But, uh, you know, go on the Facebook page. The YouTube page. Ralph, are you still doing uh, the YouTube? You still yeah, doing you, know, you know what it is, dude? Um, and I want to apologize to everybody out there. Um, I keep forgetting but I do have these videos on YouTube on private, and I keep forgetting to go there and make them on private. So, and and I'm so backlogged, and I think that's a good thing for the podcast because you know what, man? Before I was putting up the 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 episode a week after we air the podcast. Now you're gonna have to wait a couple months to see the visual version of it, and I think that's good for us. So. If I remember, and if I don't, shoot me a little message and remind me, Ian, to uh, put up an episode. Because I think the last one I put up was, like, Kiss Trivia. So, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, still, it's, I'm it's still during back. the dark days of Terrence. Right. It, it's it's way backlogged, but uh, but seriously, Ralph does a great job and finds amazing, amazing pictures and all kinds of shit to put in the background while you listen to the podcast. So if you haven't been to the YouTube page, check out the link. It's on the Podbean page on the side. You got links to the the Facebook page, the YouTube page, to the Ralph's bands. Thrash or Die and Combat. There's also a link to Podcast Addict, which is really, uh, man, if, if you have an Android device, that is the way to go. You go on Podcast Addict, you type in Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, all you do is hit subscribe. And then anytime you, you, you know you go on there and you update the, the site, you just you know scroll down, automatically updates, you get every episode. It's so easy. It's so fucking... And there's no bullshit to fill out. None of this crap. All you do, get the app, type in our thing, hit subscribe, get everything. And we got... This is going to be our 28th review. We got a lot of reviews, you know? Like I said, some people are like, I don't like that band. I don't like that album. But you know what? It might be a funny fucking episode. So check out the past episodes. I I think they're all fucking good because I'm on them. Rouse on them, you know? You know, I, I, I think Ralph's opinion's goofy sometimes, and he thinks the same of me, but he's a very entertaining motherfucker. Thank you. As I as I believe my mouth is. So, yes. so go check all those out, and we thank you for listening, however you do it, whenever you do it. Um, and keep coming back every Sunday for a brand new episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All right. Now, Ian, before we go, I want to play a little clip. Since this was an ACDC episode, just a couple weeks ago, I played Puerto Rico with my band Thrasher Die, and we played a club called Hell's Bells. And I was like, hey, why don't we play Hell's Bells at the club called Hell's Bells? And 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 literally, at the hotel, the band, well, they, they rented a house for us. We are staying in this house, and through YouTube... My guitar player and all of us learned, you know, I mean, they learned uh, Hell's Bells. And uh, we played it. And when I, I'd never sang this song before. And I remember when the song was going on and I'm about to sing, I thought to myself, holy fuck, what did I get myself into? I can't sing like Brian Johnson. I did the best I could. And let me tell you something, it was so hard. So hard to sing like that. But man. I was so shocked when I heard it back. And I'm going to play the clip now. Yes, it's a bootleg from a video camera from the show. Everybody, including myself, there's just no way you're going to listen to this and think, God damn, that that sounds exactly like Brian. Did you ever hear this, Ian? Did you hear this? Yes, yes. Did I I sound just like Brian Johnson or what? Or what? I loved it. I sounded exactly like Brian Johnson. You did a great job, brother. It was amazing. I think job. I sounded exactly like him. Unfortunately, I will never do this again because it took a toll on my voice. It fucked up my voice because it's hard. I don't know how the hell this guy did this, but it's hard to sing like Brian Johnson, you know? But anyway, that's how I'm going to close out the show. Now, I also want to say that since we never rehearsed it, I mean, I think it sounds great, but uh, the second verse... My drummer decided to speed it up, and then it just went into like a complete clusterfuck and it ended. But the first verse is awesome. I'm going to play the whole thing. So uh, 
Till next time, thank you everybody for listening. And this is my band, Thrasher Die, in Puerto Rico at a at a club called Hell's Bells, without rehearsing the song at all, off the cuff, first time we ever played it. This is Thrasher Die, Hell's Bells. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah.